about me, it's not even about me, right? We are about to get into God's word. And I, I just want to state a little bit who I am. My smoking hot husband's here, so I just want him to stand up real quick so everyone can look. Because isn't that what the guys do to the girls? So <laughs> let's do that. John, can you stand up? This is my husband. And he is the youth pastor at North Highland Church. So we are just in Columbus. It's an hour and a half away, not even that far. And um, he's amazing. And then we have some CLC friends of ours. CLC is the college that we help um, just kind of oversee. But my, I am Jubilee, and I have a twin brother named Judah. I met twins here, Campbell and was it Kelsey. Yes, so I'm a twin. I'm raised in a single home. Uh, my, I wasn't quite raised in church. Uh, my dad helped in ministry, but he also passed away from a drug overdose when I was six. And then we got in church, and then my stepdad, my mom met my stepdad, who was awesome for a few years, and then um, some things kind of, he, he had a chemical imbalance, um, losing his business, and a lot of stressful things happened. So we were in battered women and children's shelters for a couple of years until we got out of that. And then so we kind of like took a break from church, like maybe that's not the best cream of the crop, but that's not true. Uh, the enemy really just attacked our family, and uh, I was in rebellion. My older brother was in prison. Uh, I influenced my twin brother to drag him down with me, and my mom got on her knees and prayed, and our whole family has turned around. Are we perfect? No, but we love Jesus, and yes. we truly believe that God is with us, and so I was in high school when I got saved, so I was like, I am going to learn the Bible and like be a Christian hardcore forever and never turn back. And I didn't, I didn't turn back to any of the drugs, all of it. It was, it really was this incredible moment with the Lord that my husband was at that youth camp. So look, church camp is coming up uh, for kids and high schoolers. Parents don't ask your kids, just send them there. I'm tell I am, I am an advocate for that because I would not have created a space for God to minister to me had it not been forced upon me. Uh, but I am, let's see, in high school, I graduated. I'm like, I want to learn the Bible. I don't even know, like David and Goliath. I, don't, I was raised in California and Nevada, too, to kind of give some perspective. It's, um, it wasn't over here in this beautiful, beautiful state of Georgia. Uh, so we moved here in high school to Georgia, and I started going to a Bible school. The closest one I knew of was Lee University. Me and my husband, we, uh, we, we went to a master's commission uh, for a year to just church intern, and then realizing I know nothing about the Bible. How could I uh, talk about it? And so you can do that on your own. I'm not saying it has to be done academically, but that was a challenge I really wanted to take, so I started studying the Bible, and I'll never forget my uh, philosophy of religion professor uh, counted me off on a question that he never taught the answer in class. And I said, you know, this really isn't fair because all these people were raised in church and I don't, I, it was a question about Noah's Ark. Uh, I didn't know that it never rained before. And that was part of the question that he never taught. And I remember coming to his office and saying, this isn't fair. I don't know the very basics. And here I am trying to like delve into interpretation of scripture. And um, my professor comforted me saying, you actually might have the upper hand. Um, to, to just truly look at the word and uh, it just challenged me and inspired me and I kept going so I kept studying I graduated from our undergrad in Bible uh, I got plugged into the university fell in love with college experience as I'm still a part of and then I went to be a resident director in the dorm part of my income is paying for
for my master's. So I, I got a, a master's in biblical studies, and then I wanted to keep going. I, I got into the Greek and the Hebrew, and I got a master in divinity through Liberty University, and uh, so then I started teaching, and it's been such a joy. So I, I am not a preacher, I'm sorry, I'm a teacher, uh, but we can still have fun. I really think so, especially because it's God's word, like the most living, breathing uh, instrument that God has given us. And so we are going to look at Joshua. Does anyone know the story about Jericho? Yeah? We're going to just look at some, some I, I really, really, really believe this message is for this church in this time. I don't know much um, the dynamics of this community and what might be going on, but as I've been praying and seeking God, I this message is for you. God has this message for every single one of you, and I'm really excited to see um, how we will respond to his word. So uh, the title is Welcome. Please take your shoes off, right? Stay a while. Does anyone ever, does anyone have a sign like this in their home? Like a welcome mat, something? Okay, well, this was from Pinterest, uh, girls. You know, it's cute. Uh, he's, Pastor Ben's been talking about, like, fixer-upper stuff, right? So I thought this kind of, you know, it's home. Uh, we're going home, right? We're going to walk with the Israelites to Jericho real quick. And, uh, but it wasn't real quick, was it? So that's the take your shoes off part and stay a while. Um, so to intro this, I want to ask you all, is there anything uh, really big that's going on in your lives right now? Um, is there any? Is there anything like right? We can look on social media platforms and Instagram. There's there's this facade. Everyone seems to be having like big life stuff happening. Um, but but this this message, like I said, it's for you. So I, I really want us to just self reflect for the next 20 minutes. Just kind of evaluate. What is, what is God talking to you specifically about? What instructions has He given you? How are you walking it out? And and I'll go ahead and, and give the whole. The whole punchline God wants to share with you all, the bricks didn't fall gradually. That's it. That, that's, that's from the Lord for all of us. Whatever that means to you, we're going to talk about it. But the, the bricks, they didn't fall gradually when they were marching around Jericho, right? There's no signs of pr progress. It was... Walk, take off your shoes, when jo Joshua met the angel, and then walk some more. What does that mean? What big things are happening in your life? I have a friend who told me that she's, she uh, just found out she's pregnant. That's pretty big news. Yeah? There's some, there's some other. Uh, we were at the one conference. There's big things happening in students' life. Uh, it's inspiring. I pray that that revival just, just really stretches out to all of us. Um, as your students come home. But I wonder how difficult that had to have been. To just imagine that we are the Israelites, right? We, we know about the 40 years of wandering, and if this, if this story just, I, I want it to come alive in Jesus' name, I pray, that your word would breathe life over us. In the very moment uh, of us sitting in this room, God, that this is not just a checklist. Lord, this is not just um, what we do. On a weekly basis, we are asking for heart transplants and life transformation, restoration in families, complete healing, endurance until the walls come down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the instructions, that's point number one. The instructions are to walk, take off your shoes, walk some more. 
And then there's a second instruction that's to meditate on the word. So let's look at walk. We know that the Israelites crossed over the Reed Red Sea, right? So let's use, we gotta, we gotta wake up here. Let's get, get your arms loose, right? Ready? Pick it, pick whatever hand you write with. How many of you are left-handed? Come on, let's, let's be engaged. As a classroom, I'm gonna be asking questions because I want us to engage in conversation, okay? So your hand, put it out in front of you. If you, hopefully you're not hitting anyone. It's okay if you are, they understand. Okay, so we're gonna, this is our map. We're gonna go with the Israelites. They were told to go to Jericho, okay? We know they left Egypt, right? And they spent 40 years. So just, just to kind of understand a map, because sometimes we lose sight of what's happening in the story, so we don't know where it is. So imagine your wrist, kind of grab your wrist. That's gonna be Samaria, okay? So put it out in front of you. Then your whole, oh no, that's gonna be Galilee. We're gonna stretch up. Then your whole palm right here, that's, that's Samaria. And then down here is Judea. Please don't check out. I promise it's going to be fun. So imagine your thumb stretching out. That's going to be uh, the, the Jordan River, okay? Which is, we can see that Jericho, your pointer finger, where they're going is right next to your thumb, okay? Stay with me. It's so fun. Then you have Jerusalem and Bethlehem, okay? They're all in Judea. Your finger area is Judea. You're right here, the meat is that Samaria and Galilee. Okay, so you see Galilee, Samaria, and then we get down to Judea. Jericho is right next to the Jordan River. Jericho is considered by many archaeologists the oldest city in the world. Not the oldest, right? Well, I'm not saying Adam and Eve were there. I'm, I'm saying the oldest city. And why? If you look at your hand, you can kind of see why. They're close to a river, so there's a lot. It was the green oasis of the land. There were these, I don't know if I say this correctly, balsam trees. They were beautiful. They could be extracted for medicine. They smelled good. There was this fragrance around the entire, right? We're talking desert area. And then there's just this beautiful land that's close to the river. It's also um, down where the sea level is. And we have so many stories from the Bible that come from Jericho. It's significant. They, the instructions were to go to Jericho, okay, for the Israelites. This is a long journey. And they get there. Um, we have stories of Galileans, right? Um, Galilee, Samaria, Judea. Samaria, was that a good place or a bad place? It was a bad place, right? Because they worship five gods. And so the Galileans often would have to go around Samaria to get to Judea. Um, Nazareth is in Galilee. So Jesus, he was right there on your wrist this whole time. So you didn't even know it. He was born there on your wrist. And he would travel often to avoid Samaria to go down into Judea. Isn't this cool? Are you guys are all going to go home and tell then next week how fun this was? But the significance is Jericho's right next to Jerusalem. Jesus healed two blind men. He, he healed Bartimaeus. He, um, Zacchaeus was uh, converted. All of this was happening right around Jericho. Um, often to avoid Samaria, like I said, they would travel. This, this have you heard of the Good Samaritan story where they, they went from Jerusalem down to, we got Bethlehem, Jericho right there. So just keep in your mind the instructions are go to the most significant, uh, incredible place. I, do, I, want, I want those to be my instructions. I want, wouldn't it be cool if God was like, I want you to do this most amazing thing, be a part of this most incredible community, and it sounds really good. Sign me up. Let's go. And then you find out how hard it is. Parenting is kind of hard. 
I have a nine-year-old, almost nine. I have a seven-year-old and I have a four-year-old. It's a little difficult. They also would like to throw in a dog on top of that. So I'm trying to work through the processes of that. Who's going to be taking care of that dog when they struggle putting on their shoes and putting their dishes away. Um, right? But then there's marriage. Marriage can, is beautiful. It's like, sign me up, right? Those that are single are like, hello. This church, I see a bunch of young, college age, like ready to take on the world. I love it. Get to know each other. Do you guys have little small groups? Is that happening? Very cool. Very exciting, right? But it's a lot of work, right? Marriage, you spell W-R-K, right? It's work. Um, so the first instruction, walk. Walk it off. What I want to say with that is Moses, he's the one that carried them through uh, their 40 years, right? Is everyone with me? We got to talk here. Thank you so much. Yes. So, but then what happened? Right before they got to the promised land, he died. So here we have, and it even says in Deuteronomy 34, 7, his eyes were not dim and something like his stature, uh, uh, how is it worded? It wasn't uh, like diminished. Like he, he, he died a very dignified, strong, like going after all that God has for him. That's a lot of pressure on Joshua, just throwing it out there. But here we have instructions are to walk. Did you know that Moses also spent another 40 years? This, but before this, it was by himself. You remember that story? When he ran away? So it's almost like if we could actually look at the steps in our lives that are difficult, it's almost like we needed that character to be able to lead other people, to be able to, to be married, to be able to, to, to work through the difficulties of, of parenting, right? So here's Moses going through all that awesome man. He spent a prior 40 years, I just want us to recognize. Now we get to Joshua, a lot of pressure. I mean... The instruction book back then was the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Joshua begins the whole instruction manual of how to carry out the calling of God. And your leader's gone. So we're going to be Joshua, not just the Israelites, but particularly Joshua in this instance. He's going, a little nervous. He's walking. Take off your shoes is, we're going to talk about the angel encounter, and then walking some more. In his nervousness, I think that's where God really continues to thread throughout the story. Uh, don't look to the right or to the left. Just be strong and courageous. Be focused on the Lord. So here's Joshua, like, I'm going to go after it. Here's, here's a point I want to make. Don't let your talent take you where your character can't be sustained. Let me say it again more proper. Don't let your talent take you where your character can't sustain you, where your character can't keep you. Just think about that for a minute. You, you want something. There's something good that's, that you know is for you. But don't let the talent be all that takes you there because it won't be able to keep you there. And when what you're going to, that promised land, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Oh, my gosh. If Christianity was easy, everyone would do it. It's, it's building character intrinsically within you. It's instilling pain and suffering are gifts no one really wants to talk about. But they're for your good. And, and I know God can seem cruel in that. And so part of my job in teaching, I teach uh, 14 different Bible and theology classes to students. Currently, right now, um, I'm in a Romans class where I'm trying to teach the students about your sinful nature. That you, you have a sinful nature, but you... 
you're given this new nature. Does your new nature replace that sinful nature and then you don't even have a problem anymore? And then the, here you are, you're a new creation. You just got this new nature. That's not true. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still like setting boundaries and, and, and realizing that what you feed grows and what you starve dies. They're in constant battle. There's breakthrough happening in our classrooms when we talk about that. One of the other classes I'm teaching, we're talking about, um, we won't get into a discussion here, but there's kind of two sides of, can you lose your salvation? Is it eternally secure? Can you lose it? And we're going through the Bible together, and the students are having these healthy debates, and, and they're really processing, what do I believe about God? What are the instructions I've been given? I encourage you, get in this word. That's the second instruction. You've got to walk. Move your feet like this. If, if my feet don't touch the ground, so I can just kind of swing them like that. I'm only 5'1". But for those of you that are taller, just kind of tap your toe, right? We're walking. We're marching. That's the instruction. Keep going. You stop. You just keep going, right? Even after Jericho, was it all over? Is that the end of the story? They kept, They had a couple more battles lined up to keep going. That's us. Y'all, we're, we're walking. Look at I see these guys. You're going at it over here. They're walking, okay? And the second is getting in the word, meditating on the word. Uh, improvement can't happen in one day, but it can happen daily. It has to be daily. What are daily things? Let's evaluate. What are daily things that we are operating in currently to make us better, right? Like you don't just wake up one day and you're like this awesome faith. I'll just put it on me. I don't wake up one day and I'm like this awesome wife and mother. Like that's just perfect. That The goal is to just be honest with myself. And I started, when I got saved in high school, I would write, this is so cheesy, here I'm telling my secrets. I would write in a journal to my future husband. I have like old Valentine's Day cards for him. Y'all, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's, it's so beautiful that that's what I gave him on our wedding night. Like that was, that was like, I gave you my heart. Proverbs 31 woman, it doesn't say she loved the husband all the days of their marriage. It says she loved her husband all the days of her life. And we're not asking for perfection. Did I go to prom with other guy? Uh, yeah, I did. Like, sorry about that, Jonathan. But, um, and we knew each other in high school. He was there when I got saved. It's really cool. I had to be taken in the back because I had to be delivered from some things that I was involved in. But um, the point is, there's a process. That, that actually is the beauty of life, is this process. Everything that's alive is growing, right? So, but what are things that you're doing daily to stay the course? What, what are boundaries that you're setting, maybe even within your marriage? Or boundaries that you have with your, your children, to, uh, honesty, conversations, filters, right? Something, there's, there's steps that we're taking. Move those feet. We're walking, okay? So those are the instructions. That's point number one. Now let's move on uh, to point number two. And I just want us to think about how difficult it must have been to do all of that the Israelites were told to do and see no results. Not, not a little bit of dust from a brick kind of trickling down. Nothing. They're just to keep walking. This is us. This is us in this moment. Um, walking it out, that can be kind of scary, right? Does anyone think of like just a really move of faith you had to do in your heart? Can you just kind of like raise your hand like, oh, I remember it was recently. I'm in it right now, okay? Like there could be a, a couple in your life. I remember, and, and Pastor Ben and Christy were a part of this for me and Jonathan. We were... Um, at another place trying to figure out how to transition our home, right? It can be kind of scary as a, when you're adulting and you've got to sell your home and you know you've only have so much time and, 
um, right? When you sell your home, you, you can lose some of the income because you're paying like realtors and whatnot that are amazing. I love realtors. Um, but in this situation, our whole, the, the basic story is our home just sold instantly. And it was like, I have had, me and Jonathan have your, my testimony. We have had 15 months of not selling a home, living somewhere else, paying both mortgages before. And that was like with babies. I didn't know if we were gonna make it, if it wasn't for tithe, I'm telling you, if, the, if it wasn't for stepping, making those consistent steps every day, if it wasn't, it's because it's not just giving to someone else, it's instilling something in you to be a giver. Yeah. And this is gonna sound so, and I, 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 I feel like you all can be like really accepting of me, but we can, we can talk about it in the Bible, but I, what I'm finding, gosh, tell me if I'm wrong. When I look at the scripture, it doesn't seem so much that God gives to the needy. He gives to the giver. I'm just, as I search the scriptures, it's like, it's almost like what we want from God, he wants from us first. And it's not cruel. It's, it's beautiful because what we offer is so little. It's so minute in comparison to what he gives us in return. So what is it? What it, The dreams that we walk out, it's scary. This is about the time where fear sets in for Joshua. And I don't hear Joe um, making noises, so I'm good on time. Okay. Um, so fear sets in. Here's Joshua, a most amazing leader, Moses, passes with, like, amazing stamina and vigor. And, like, he's the man, and it's like, okay, Joshua. A little scared. Uh, and it says, don't turn to the right and the left. He's trying to... God is trying to encourage him. Here's another thing that I, I, you kind of miss in the story. They get to Jericho, and guess what stops? Their food supply. What? But let me reread that. Like, no way. Like, so much pressure is on you, Joshua, right now. You cross over, and you're, you're, they never, it is, it's said that uh, the Israelites have probably never seen a fortified city before. So we just have to imagine we are faced up with something super scary. Now, it's only five miles from the Jordan. So they, they're very much like looking right at it, at Jericho. Like, okay, manna didn't come this morning, guys. Uh, there's a green oasis right there. How are we going to get inside? How, you want us to do what? I'm sorry, um, Commander-in-Chief. Trumpets? Uh, marching in silence? That is weird. And they had to survive off the land. So here they are going after whatever they could see, making strategy. Have you ever questioned whether a person is like from God or Satan? <laughs> I love this church. Let's go there. Let's have this conversation. So here, and, and here's the thing. The Bible totally gets it. Uh, here we have Joshua in Joshua 5, right when the manna is cut off. And it's like, all right, we're going to do this. We have the character. We've walked around for a while. We're gonna, they all went and it's a total, the historical context, we lose the essence of it crossing the uh, principalizing bridge, but uh, they all got circumcised. They all got prepared. They all did what it took. They got ready. Here they go. No food, go after it. And um, it's scary and an angel comes. And here's Joshua praying. And I really wanna, I'm gonna read it because reading the scriptures like the best thing ever. So you get to 5.13. In 5.12, it says the manna stopped the day after. 
um, they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna from the, for the Israelites, but that year they had to eat the produce of Canaan. Okay, now look at 13. We're going to go all the way till 15 where it, it ends into the next chapter. Um, now, when Joshua was near Jericho, just even if you want to close your eyes, I really want you to imagine, because I'm going to be asking you, we're going to get a quiz at the end of this. I'm going to pass out. Uh, you're going to have multiple choice. I'm just kidding. Uh, but here we go. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or the enemies? Neither. He replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down. Okay, like that Hebrew word is uh, basically saying um, to fall to the ground in reverence. The word reverence is kind of like depressed. Uh, to fall face down is like a violent, just like terrified. Okay, that English is so boring when you kind of get into the... Some of the other ways this could be expressed, so I don't, I don't know. Um, but there, there's no words to describe the fear that ran over him. Because you have to imagine, he's at the enemy's camp. He's thinking he's the, is the enemy, How, who has, by the way, a drawn sword. So this enemy is just about to, like, chop off his head and it's over for him. So it's like the only thing he could ask is, like, dude, who are you? Um, and then he says, neither. Oh, that's real encouraging. So then he says, after he fell, what message does the Lord have for me? Because the angel does say, I'm, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And he replied, take off your sandals. That's kind of the picture. Welcome home. Take off your shoes. Stay a while. Um, for the place where you are standing is holy. Wow. Okay. So we've used our object lesson and with our hand. We're seeing that they're traveling to uh, Jericho. And then you kind of get into Jerusalem, Bethlehem. Here, he, here they are trying to break through. We were using our feet, right, to kind of walk around. And here he's just told to stop. And, and for the angel of the Lord to say, I'm not on either side. He's in that empty space. Do any of y'all have that? That empty space in life where it's like, dude, I don't know if this situation, this person is of the devil or of God. Okay, let's go here. Your thoughts. How many of us can say, like, you have a thought and you're like, was that God? Or is that the devil? Like, how do I know? How, it's like, it sounds stupid saying it because it's like, how would you not know? It should be so obvious. But life, it can be a little tricky, right? Move those little feet. We're walking. We're walking. It, there's, a, there's a lot to it. And here he is. And I can relate. I can relate to that. Okay, God. So how do we know? How do we know if this is the angel of the Lord? How do we know this in our own life? Who, who what God, what do you have for us? Like, just tell me. It's meditate on the word. If, you got, if we are unsure, let's meditate on the word. Um, he already has a drawn sword. How powerful is that? Just let that soak in for a minute. Here's the angel saying, I'm in your empty space. I'm in the unknown. And it's here that I'm already at battle. I've already been fighting for you. I'm ahead of you. How encouraging is that? That our Lord and Savior is ahead of us. He's already working in your tomorrow. What you're praying about now. To get to our final point in closing. Then the walls come down. After he gets on his face before the Lord. Y'all, this weekend, I, I pray for this. 
I pray for this in my own life. It was the high schoolers that really showed me the beauty of being undignified. They were running to the altars. They were so hungry for God, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or why they might think you're coming forward. They want to be in the presence in the this ground is holy. This right here in this church, this tabernacle of the Lord is holy. Two little points I want to say on this last point. Then the walls came down. Victory is not one huge thing. It's a small thing continually repeated. I just want to encourage you all in that. If there's something that just seems so beyond fixing, so beyond I've never even seen this before, this whole um, fortified city, is not, it's so new to me. Maybe something happened and you're now facing what life is like in a completely different direction than you ever had hoped for. You, maybe your kids, I want to encourage you. There is victory. God's ahead of you. He's already fighting it. And if we would just see the victories in the small things, even though we don't see the bricks slowly falling down, they're, they're coming. We just keep walking out what God's called us to do. What battle are you facing? What instructions have you been given? Let's look to the word. The second thing I want to say is long-term consistency. My favorite. Long-term consistency is better than short-term intensity. Those that work out might get that. Um, it's a phrase that's been around for years. We've, we've maybe heard it before, but let's apply it now. Uh, we're kind of almost in month three of 2018. So we had some New Year's resolutions. How's our workouts going? Our eating right? Yeah, Joe's doing good. So there's there's healthy diets. That was a real struggle at the one conference. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I, I want it. I want my life. I want my children to know that there's this long-term consistency with me and the Lord. Yeah. And if it's showing them that, bringing them every week. Look, my son is like baseball all day. And we sit down with his coaches and we say. He's going to miss Wednesdays because what's most important, it, it, it's not, oh man, this is so key. This is for someone in this room. I know it's for me. Consistency versus intensity. Church, y'all, we come here for each other too, not just for our own gain. Y'all are sharpening each other. You sharpen me. I've seen, I've watched this church grow every year I come. And, and hearing the needs that are being, that, that was quite a bit of the announcements. I'm just going to say that's a, there's a, there's some need in this church. Some men to rise up and support Moses, Pastor Ben. Where are you? God's, God's speaking to you. Women, maybe you never thought about special needs. It's not a, it's not a person, a position, a place. It's obedience. God calls us to obedience. So be obedient. We're in this together. We are all, there were millions traveling together. Let's, let's let this be our top priority because it's all about the Lord. And guess what? When we are in this together and we're not bickering, man, we waste so much time fighting and whatever happens. It's, it's normal. You can't get rid of it. We're human. We're messy. I'm messy. I can just, you know, it's like those disciplines in your life are just to kind of keep you on track. But if we could, 
if we could have some long-term consistency in this church, I know your pastors are all in. Let's do that. Let's go to them. Let's let's talk to your to your children about getting plugged into the youth group and, and showing them the difficulty of being consistent. But it's instilling something. I, there's some there's some parents in our youth group right now. They're going through some tough times. Um, one of them just finished up radiation. Another one, the husband lost his job. The other one, the, the job was taken from him. It, it just seems so unjust what he went through is in the bank business. And it was just like, how, why? And the only encouragement that, that we can seem as a, as a group of us can seem to come up with is our, our kids need to see we're consistent. And you know what? That's priceless. Yeah. That right there, losing your job, even health deteriorating. I am telling you as a pastor's wife of a youth pastor that your consistency in those difficult seasons, those walk, move your feet, we're walking. In those seasons, they provide the breakthrough for yeah. your kids to get a hold of the Lord. That consistency, that long-term consistency. This is for students too. What causes you to stop walking? Some of y'all have just had a, a little bit of life experience. What is it? What is it that resists us? from trying to be consistent? Is it rejection? What resistance are we facing? Is it the reactions? We're not getting the results that we would like? We're not, my mom even last night was talking about, I'm just ready to throw in the towel with this working out because I'm. she's taking this push-in class. It is hardcore. I went with her. I was like, no, thank you, mom. I love you. I'll do some crunches at home. Like, And, and I feel for her, like I'm trying to be consistent. I start out small. That's the thing. Uh, Levi Lusco is doing this incredible sermon series on just get in motion. One small thing, just floss one tooth, and then guess what? Once you're flossing one, you're like, I can do another. All right, like you're almost like tricking yourself. And just do, just tell yourself you're gonna do one push-up a day. Do that marriage. Like think of cute things that you could do in your family together. Just consistent. Have a meal, right? Fixer upper. Their commitment is they have a meal with their kids every day. The sports, the academics. I get it. Seems you can get lost. There's something, even if it's just one night. Some start somewhere. Even if it's starting small, to walk with your family, with this church family together, and be consistent. No matter what the results, here's here's the end. The walls didn't gradually fall. I don't know. I just the Lord wants to share that with us to encourage us this morning. It's not like seven, six days of silent walking. I'm just saying. Can you imagine? Let's just imagine. Pastor Ben tells all of us to just even just walk around this church building for six days, okay? Don't talk. How long do you think we'd last? How? Now, maybe that's why we needed 40 years to get to, okay, I've waited a long time for this. So the waiting isn't, here, here's, here's the just, this is, waiting isn't sitting down and just sitting there for God to do things. We, we're praying so untheologically unsound sometimes when we want God to do everything. But if we get into the instructions, which is keep walking with your feet, and we get into meditating in his word, we discover he is asking some things of us. Well, what are those things? What, what can we do? And then we go around six days, and then the seventh day, it's like, all right, bring out all your weapons. No, get a horn. Okay. And now we're going to shout with everything we have. 
And it's after seven times on the seventh day. I'm just really emphasizing here, but I think y'all are with me. You've heard this story before, most of you. Let it sink in. When they were done, not once they started on that seventh day, once they started, when it was all that God had asked of them, the walls completely flattened. So if you guys don't mind standing up for me, let's bow our heads and our hearts to the Lord. I get it. It's, it's 11.57. It's lunchtime. I get that. Man, I'm thinking about Olive Garden. Nobody go there. Don't get there before me. Um, we got three minutes. Let's let the Lord speak to us. And this is the, this is the instructions for, I think, the way the service should end. I guess after witnessing students coming to the altar, I want to challenge you in a healthy, godly, like, just because I just, I'm here and I, I just, I really think this message is for so many of us. Joshua was the commander, and he found a way to fall flat on his face. David was the king, and he danced around as dignified, right? Like, I, I just want us to just take a moment for prayer. I'm talking, this is church. If we can't do it in here, we can't do it with a sign saying to go out. It's just us. I'm not going to tell anyone. Like, it's not even about any of us next to each other. Let's just let the Holy Spirit speak over you. And there's something to making that step. That step out of your seat. No one's thinking you're living in sin. Look, this is what we're talking about is I want to be on a journey with the Lord. I want to be consistent. I want to follow the instructions. And when I look at God's word over and over again, I'm seeing this, this walk out your faith. Do a, a symbolic act. We, we do water baptism symbolically. We take communion symbolically. We're believing it represents the body and blood of Christ symbolically in this moment. I pray, gosh, how beautiful it would be. God can meet you where you're at. I get that. But he also asks obedience of us. If you feel the challenge in any way to go to this next step with the Lord, I challenge you, please, just step 